association with the Whale Yutani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. Independently targeting particle beam failings. Wah! Fry half a city with this puppy. We got tactical smart missiles, base plasma pulse rifles, RPGs. We got sonic electronic ball breakers. We got nukes. We got knives, sharp sticks. Knock it off, Hudson. All right, gear up. Was there an alien on board? Yes. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect. Organism. Thank you for thank you for listening to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I am your host, J.M. Prater, or Jamie Prater, that's my name. Um, today, we're introducing a, a new co-host. Uh, his name is Ryan Zied. Thanks for uh, coming aboard, Ryan. Ryan is uh, he's kind of a, a third, or not kind of, he is a third co-host on our show, officially. Um, Ryan's been on the show before. Uh me and Peter became friends with him, kind of fast friends through our love for Alien and our love for um, everything, <laughs> everything yeah, kind of exactly. movies yeah. and entertainment. <laughs> and me and Ryan met up about a month ago, month and a half ago, maybe in Long Beach, California. We hung out, yeah. we talked shop, shop meaning movies. Uh, okay. So yeah, thanks for be- coming aboard, Ryan. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. So yeah. Um, so so just maybe uh. Before we get into kind of what this episode is about, uh, tell me a little bit or tell our kind of our listeners a little bit about kind of your background with like the alien films and when you first uh, fell in love with them and that kind of thing. Yeah, I first um, really first the, the first one I saw was Aliens um, and a friend way back in way back in high school. Man, I feel old now, though. Way back in high school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um played it for me and I was like, what is this? This movie's amazing. Um, and it was like instantly one of my favorite movies. Um, and then I saw, I think alien next, um, after aliens and really enjoyed it. It was different. It was, uh, but it was, it was scary. It was this, um, just this really visceral, um, you know, horror movie that, uh, that you know, with just amazing characters, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is awesome." And I think the next one I saw for that was Alien Three, and um, and that one was also it just had it had a different feel, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I just remember watching it like over and over again. Like I'm just like you know amazed by this this movie. It's there's something about it that just really um, you know I wasn't sure if I, I liked it as much as Alien or Aliens, but it was still. Uh, I was like, wow, this is just, this is, uh, there's just something about it that really appealed to me. Yeah. Uh, and still does. Um, and especially after seeing the assembly cut and then, you know, Alien Resurrection came out and I was like, this is such garbage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then AVP movies came out and I really wanted to like him more than I did. Um, and Prometheus came out and that was, uh, that one, you know, is um, I I still like it. Um, you know, I, I see there. You know, I realize it's flawed, but there's uh, there's a lot of things about it. I just keep thinking about it, um, and it's uh, so I'm you know I'm so I just love the series, and I you know really looking forward to uh, you know talk more about it and keeping up with the with most of the news and um, trying. Trying not to spoil things too much for me, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward more and more to coming in with the leaks and stuff that are coming out, and can't wait for the new uh, for the teaser trailer, which I feel like is going to come out really soon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's this is an exciting time. For, it is uh, exciting. Chance, yeah, it's very exciting. Oh, I'm just looking out the window. I'm seeing my dog out there. I forgot she was out there. Whoops. <laughs> anyway, she's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so really, uh, to our listeners, this is uh, kind of as we build up towards Alien Covenant being released, um, now what we're seeing, are, what's happening is we're seeing leaked images. And the mm-hmm. same thing happened with Prometheus. Um, there was leaked images from the set. We got, we got some 
really powerful leaked images, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and we have other information as well. And so this is a, I don't want to call this a spoiler episode because we're not going to spoil it. Um, we're going to talk mm. about what we've seen for sure. So I yeah. just want to preface, preface the whole, um, episode that we are going to be talking about what we've seen. Now I am trying to, I don't mind seeing the creatures. Um, right. uh, uh, I don't, I don't feel like it spoils the film for me because really we're going to see what we've seen or elements of what we've seen before. What exactly to me, what I'm looking forward to is how do they tell the story? How mm -hmm. do they use those creatures to, to make a scary film? That's what it hasn't been spoiled. Um, right. Because really it doesn't matter about the creatures. It doesn't matter about the props and the sets. What matters is character dialogue and story. Absolutely. Um, so that's, so I feel like I haven't really been spoiled now with Prometheus. Um, Actually, you know, I ended up, by the time Prometheus released, they released every snippet uh, of, of interesting, like all, most, a lot of the interesting things in the film, they released as mm -hmm. kind of quick TV edits. So I feel right. like I spoiled some stuff in terms of some creature things um, of the film. But, uh, so yeah, so that's what we're, we're, we're going to get into. And um, there's obviously news about uh, Dave, Michael Fassbender and the characters he's playing. So we're going to go over that. This might not be the longest episode ever, but we feel like it's important that we talk about it because everyone else is talking about it. We're trying to keep yeah. up with the news. So uh, what were your first impressions about what you saw? Um, with the creature designs and, you know, the, the first thing that jumps out to me is um, it has this primitive feel to it. It's yes. like, it's, you know, it's similar to what, you know, you obviously it's more than just like the, the DNA of alien. It's like very obvious. This is, um, leading into, um, the first alien movie. Um, but they're primitive. They're, they're a little bit different. You know, the look is a little different. Um, and I like it. I think, I think it's, it's a nice touch. I think they're going in the right direction. Um, there's going to be some experimentation. Um, and we're going to be, this is uh, leading into, um, you know, backing into the beginning of, of Alien, I'm I'm really curious to see, you know, how they're they utilized in uh, in the film. Um, and but you know, like you said, you know, creature designs, all that's that's fine. But uh, it's it's really going to be about the story and about the characters, and um, that's what really it's going to make this movie, you know, hopefully great. Yeah. And uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then also with you know. <clears throat> You know, Michael Fassbender playing now two, essentially two Davids. Obviously, I think the new one is named uh, Walter, yep. etc. Yeah. And um, you know, and from my, you know, this it just opens up a, a whole new door for you know for the stories. You know, throw a lot of a mystery and twists in there, and you know, what is what are Walter's ultimate motivations? You know, um, and how is he going to interact with David? Um, is there going to be some, is it going to be an animosity or is it going to be some kind of, are they going to end up kind of working together to accomplish something? I don't know. It's, it's going to be, I'm really curious to see how that's going to be incorporated into the story. Yeah. But, um, but Fassbender is such an amazing actor. I think he's just going to do, I think he's just going to kill it when it comes to, you know, um, playing these characters and, um, yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I absolutely agree. I really do. Uh, I and what's interesting is, um, they described Walter as having darker hair than David. Walter isn't mm -hmm. blonde. David dyed his hair blonde in Prometheus, which we've all seen. Um, Trust but, the blondes. But yeah. the funny thing is, yeah, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, they showed us Walter months ago when they released yeah. a, a still. There mm -hmm. was Michael Fassbender with dark hair on set. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh, he just doesn't have his wig on or something. I didn't right. even really think, oh, that's a different model of the same robot, you know. Right. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I'm really fascinated with this idea of this artificial intelligence that man has created interacting, how they respond together, how they respond to each other. Um, mm -hmm. Whether are those responses, uh, are they their own responses or are they, are, are they uh, programmed responses? Like... And where does this lead? Um, mm -hmm. And really, what mission is um, now that Wayland, that Peter Wayland is dead? What is 
David trying to accomplish for what ends? That's my, right. that's the big question I have. Um, I, I do, this is the first time, you know, the, uh, someone mentioned that this is the first time in an alien series where the ABC, like for the the androids, we had yeah. Ash, Bishop, Call, David. Now we mm-hmm. have Walter, which breaks up that, um, that, that, that alpha numeric, um, yeah. of the robots, which, but I like it. I like it to me. It's like, let's not, we don't need to do this every time. Um, yeah. we can make something different. Um, and really, uh, back to the imagery, which is really, um, powerful. I, I got this really sick sense. Like I felt kind of sick, especially looking at the, yeah. uh, that, um, face hugger, the face huggers on its back. Um, yeah. it's very vaginal. Um, yeah. um, yeah. uh, and it looks like part of it's a skeleton too, but part of it's intact. I couldn't really tell. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks gross. It looks really right. gross. Um, and there's a lot more fingers, um, on it. It's more spider-like or almost centipede-like. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't it, notice that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it made me a little sick actually, but I like that. Yeah. I, I like that it, 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 uh, encouraged that response from me. Um, right. And there's also similarity between what we're seeing in those photos and the clone room scene in Alien Resurrection, which I felt like was the really only the only really true alien vibe I got from Alien Resurrection. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think uh, that was definitely the best scene of that movie. Actually, um, and I read that was the scene in the script that Sigourney Weaver said, oh, OK, I'm going to st- definitely sign on for this movie. And yeah. I was like, did you read the rest of the script? Yeah, yeah. That's always, that, that's always been my question, where she's like, oh, no, that scene. It's like, man, you don't do a movie for a, a good scene. There's a lot of horrible films with good scenes in them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you do a movie because the, all of it seems good. Um, right. I yeah. don't really, uh, I don't, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, that's interesting that we bring up Sigourney Weaver because uh, it's something I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. And we're really pivoting away. And now Neil Blomkamp, you know, that film is always kind of in our consciousness. If it's going to be made, isn't going to be made. Um, a lot of that, of course, is dependent upon um, how successful Alien Covenant is. Um, and hopefully Alien Covenant is amazing and does gangbuster. Uh, right. And, you know, just reading some of the... I did read some of the um, spoilers in terms of the creatures and how those creatures are going to be represented, how they're going to make their way on scene. And right. I don't know. Did you read those? Uh, I didn't read that part. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's probably good, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but it's, it's pretty wicked. It's, it's very yeah. different and I like it. Um, but I was thinking about alien covenant and I really, I'm interested in exploration. And now as I've gotten older, um, mm-hmm. really Ripley was a really pivot, pivotal character for me in my life, in my youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt like she was kind of like a mother, the alien film. She was kind of singing my song. She was a survivor. I was one at the same time. Um, but I, I'm at this place now where, you know what, I feel like I'm okay that I don't see Ripley anymore. Now, maybe we will see her, um, again. Um, there is some speculation that they're going to make Blomkamp wait until, um, all of the alien prequels are done. I don't oh, think that's yeah. even, no way. Sigourney Weaver is going to be 75, 75 right. to 77 yeah. years old. There's no way that she's good. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't think we'd want to see her not because she's old, but it just wouldn't be plausible. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they're going to stick to their original agreement. If if Covenant does well, they're going to invest into Blomkamp's Alien, and we're going to see Ripley one more time, and I think it'll be great. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, to go back, I'm, I feel like I've been on that journey with Ripley. Um, she died in Alien 3, and yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. I've, I've gone as far with her as I can go. Now, uh, philosophically, aesthetically emotionally i'm pivoting towards alien the film like i feel like that film right. really gets into exploration um which is really what i want to see i want to see a forbidden planet i want to see vast expanses of unknown mm-hmm. territory and we're like where where, where are we what is this yeah. and maybe of course the aliens are going to be involved and there's going to be great characters i want new i want something i haven't seen um and so i i'm kind of i it's kind of my fun farewell to Ripley. And again, if we see yeah. her again and it's, and she can be important and she can be relevant, that's great. It'll probably be the last time we see her. That's fine, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with what the direction that we're going into. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of exploration and, um, you know, I recently, you, you posted something recently about, you know, what movies after Alien really capture your fascination, imagination. I was just, um, I posted about 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yes. Um, and that one just, there was so many scenes. I mean, the movie is just this silent yeah. masterpiece, basically. Yeah. It's, um, it's about this mystery and exploration and letting the scenes speak for themselves um, and not, you know, not having someone give so much like talk through the whole scene, you know, it's, um, it just leaves it all to your, your imagination. You, you wonder what's going on. I really hope that Covenant captures some of that. Um, yep. you know, that would be, you know, that'd be awesome. And I guess um, in terms of, you know, with Ripley, um, yeah, you know, I feel the same way. I think I'm, Right, at least right now, I'm, I'm fine with you know that she that we won't may not see her character again. Um, I know, uh, I know Covenant apparently is going to have some kind of tie into Ripley. So yes. I think, um, I think it, I don't think it's Fox, but Fox's intention, 20th Century Fox's intention to um, have us not see Ripley again. I think there's there's a reason why they want to tie her back into covenant i yep. think i think we will see her again eventually um i do i do really feel like they want to they want to make Bloom's, Bloom camp's film um at some point i would uh, agree i i just yeah. think that time is of the essence right um, yeah and uh sigourney weaver just turned through 67 she looks yep. great i mean she's amazing she looks amazing i mean she's yeah. certainly older and you can tell um mm -hmm. but the, the window the window for her to use her i think is small um, yeah. I, and I probably agree with you. I think that uh, 20th Century Fox probably intends to make the film the 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 fan the fan craze over that news and over the images oh, uh, was was beyond palpable. It was fever pitch. And yeah. if Fox, if they decided no, we're not going to do this, they would be fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> seriously, I mean, it would just be it would be it's a cash cow for them. I mean, to mm -hmm. have. Hicks back on screen and them talking to, uh, them talking to Newt, um, like I don't what, however they would do that. Like, right. oh man, I mean, a lot of it is nostalgia. It plays right into nostalgia and it plays right into a fan base that's already there. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I was really, 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 really excited about it for a long, long, long time. And just when it kind of got oh, put yeah. on the back, when it got put on the back burner and that was announced, my, I was gutted. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things, like I'm a fan of the of Dark Crystal, the film. It's one of my all-time mm -hmm. favorite films, probably top two um, yeah. of my all-time favorite films. And they have they announced years over, let's see, uh, 11 years ago that there was going to be a sequel. And, you know, making a sequel to my all-time favorite film. And then, you know, yeah. year after year after year after year, they're talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. So I feel like in some ways, I, ideologically in my head, I feel like Blomkamp's alien film kind of took went that route a little bit Well, they're talking about it, but we don't know what's going on. Right. So I really hope they deliver. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, but we have enough right now, I think with covenant coming out and the buildup and everyone's talking about it and those, those pictures and then the eggs and the, the xenomorphs, which we can talk a little bit more about mm. um, the images that we saw. I, I, I'm just excited. It's we're in a fun time right now that, that, yeah. that uh, build up to a new film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And, um, yeah, I just, man, I'm really hoping that, you know, the, the filmmakers deliver on this and I, I, I hope they understand, um, you know, what the things that were, you know, they got, I mean, there was a lot of good things in Prometheus, but I hope they recognize the things that, you know, people generally, um, you know, didn't, uh, didn't jive with, with Prometheus and that they, you know, they make the necessary, you know, corrections or they, you know, go in the right direction. And I, I also hope that, um, you know, really Scott's kind of, you know, taking, I hope he takes it seriously. I mean, I don't know how motivated he is mm -hmm. anymore. I don't know um, if, uh, you know, how much he, he cares, you know, about, yeah. I mean, he's had, you know, decades of success and, um, you know, I, I hope, uh, I hope they brought people on that are really excited and really want to make a, an amazing movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then hopefully, you know, that's, that's motivating for him. And, um, yeah. So, 
so we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm just stoked to see what's going to happen next. And um, and then yeah, these these images and these this information that's getting leaked out is getting me you know even more excited. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just um, I'm not yeah I've said before I'm not even cautiously optimistic. I'm like full blown like yeah let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I, I, I would like to be there. I, I think I'm just reserving my caution because right. I really, the parts, uh, and you know, we have a little bit of a Prometheus episode in store for people mm -hmm. uh, that we're going to drop. Um, just kind of a, a little treat that we decided to record an episode featuring Ryan, our new host. Um, but, uh, what I love, I, you know, there's plenty of things that I love about Prometheus. I mean, aesthetically, the film is just so beautiful and the shots, mm -hmm. the shots of them entering that, that, pyramid and just there's just so much there's so much love i have for so many of the things about that film um I, but was wrong was really really wrong um mm -hmm. but yeah my only re really what keeps me cautious cautious about covenant is dialogue and character and story um mm -hmm. actually the story of prometheus wasn't the problem the problem was the characters and the dialogue um right. and uh interestingly enough um since we're kind of talking a little bit about prometheus um there are some questions that i had about why uh, the characters of Prometheus were doing certain things that didn't make sense to me. There's mm -hmm. an article that maybe we can repost or post okay. on our, our Facebook page that talks, that answers those questions. Uh, and it goes back to John Spate's original script called Alien Engineers. Um, right. And it answers why characters were doing certain things. Um, and it was explained. Um, and there were parts of his script that weren't used when da Damon Lindelof came right. and rewrote that script. So we're like, well, why would this character do this? If you read John Spate's script, you're like, oh, that's why. It makes <laughs> sense now. Um, yeah. So anyways, we'll post that. It's just a little bit. It's uh, it's it's just some, I think it's imp some important information. And we yeah. know that Prometheus is a very polarizing film. It is. It yeah. really, really is. And the stuff I don't like about Prometheus, I hate. Um, right. Um, it's an insult to me, to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's very dramatic of me to say, but it's an insult to me because I take so much ownership into this series. I've mm -hmm. invested so much, certainly with this podcast, with my collection, with what I purchase. Um, yeah. I, I identify with this, this series in this universe. Um, yeah. and so when something comes and makes light of it, um, I, I take it personally. Um, but back to your point that you made about, um, Ridley Scott, mm -hmm. uh, and I made, and I talk, I think you might have seen my response to uh, Bill, the founder of Wayland Tiny Bulletin. I, yeah, I, he, mm -hmm. he said he thought that it was a cash. It was, he's making these films because it's about cash. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't think that. Um, okay. I think yeah. that Ridley Scott has had more money than God for a long, long, long time. <laughs> I think he makes movies that he wants to make. Um, now I don't know how invested he is in these films. He's he's a, he's a machine. Mm -hmm. He churns these films out over and over and over. I mean, um, but as we've seen, uh, The Martian notwithstanding, uh, a lot of his films recently haven't been, they haven't really stuck with you. You know, they, right. they haven't been great. Um, the Martian kind of turned those things around uh, or turned that around a little bit. It was really solid, lighthearted, funny, a little serious, well-made, atmospheric film. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I don't think Ridley Scott is making films he doesn't want to make. Um, right. And I don't think Ridley Scott makes films for a paycheck. I don't think mm -hmm. he needs a paycheck. Um, the man is 77 years old now, I think. Um, he's, yeah. not, he's not a young man. He's not even a young old man. He's he's getting up there. Um, he's heading towards 80. Um, yeah. I think that Ridley Scott has something to prove uh, with Alien Covenant. I think that they've heard the, the criticism loud and clear. Loud mm -hmm. and clear. Yeah. Um, and uh, when the, the the first interview that I saw with him or that I read with him, uh, uh, and a and I probably mentioned this before, but the, the the journalist is talking to him about Covenant, and he's like, so, and he compares it a little bit to Prometheus, and and really Scott goes, actually no, this is more like Alien, and he pivoted right. away from Prometheus, which I thought was fascinating, and yeah. I've seen uh, there was a uh, the Comic Con, the New York City Comic Con, which was a couple weeks back, uh, there was an Alien presence there. Um, and it had a lot of merchandise there and shirts and books. None of those uh, shirts or books had anything to do with Prometheus. In fact, right, it had only yeah. to do with alien and aliens. 
were the only two that they were focusing on, which I think is telling mm -hmm. from this company, from 20th Century Fox. Right. So all that to say, I believe with my heart that Ridley Scott and 20th Century Fox realized their shortcomings with Prometheus. And mm -hmm. you can't... Uh, alien films, even Alien 3, uh, as, as divided as it made the fans back then, it was still a very intelligent film. People were just upset where the direction it took. Right. Uh, more yeah. than anything else. The characters were intelligent. The dialogue was believable. The characters were believable. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't as attached to them as we were before because they became just kind of slay or uh, prisoners. That's who they were. So they were kind of killed off one by one. Um, the problems with Prometheus were about character and story or a character yeah. and dialogue. So um, I think that they're listening. And I think that uh, I, be I really truly believe that Alien Covenant is going to be the film that we've all wanted. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, yeah, I really do believe, um, you know, that, that Scott, I, yeah, I, I want to believe that Scott really is invested in this. I, I, I wonder if at first if he was a little, maybe a little upset or disappointed because i mean with prometheus he wanted to go in a different direction he wanted to pivot away from alien he wanted to get further from it and then he saw what happened and um how polarizing it was and now you know i think it's probably more 20th century fox like hey we need to we need to bring this back to alien um you know this isn't this we saw what happened with prometheus this isn't the right direction um you know, we, we need to, we need to tie this more into alien. Cause that's, um, you know, it, it not even just what fans want. I think it's, it's better for the series overall. Um, and you know, maybe they will still incorporate things from Prometheus and there'll still be the mythology in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, but I think they, they realize that the best direction to go. And I, I feel like the best direction to go is to bring this back, you know, bring this, tie this more into alien and hopefully, you know, hopefully Scott was, uh, you know, um, like you said, I think, I think he's signed on to that and realized that. And I think they're going to make the, you know, the right, um, you know, the right decisions with this one. And, uh, but you know, with, um, but you know, I did really, there's parts of Prometheus. I mean, overall I, I liked it and I, you know, I really do want to kind of learn more about the mythology and what's what's going to happen. So I hope there's, I just hope there's a good balance. But it's, uh, you know, like I said before, it's going to be so freaking difficult to make a great, a great movie again. Um, it's just, it's just so hard to do that. We see that with so much, so much of the big budget garbage that came out this summer. Um, you know, it's. It, so no, much garbage. They, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was awful. I was just like, <laughs> and it, it's so insulting. It, um, it is. And yeah. we're, we're pivoting again back to a really, really, and this is something you and I are in agreement with, and we've talked about recently on Facebook and in groups, um, mm -hmm. uh, this, this idea, this kind of dumbing down, um, mm -hmm. and this idea that the audience is stupid. And I've talked about this quite a bit on our show and in pieces that I've written, but I'm going to continue talking about it because you have, yeah. film, you have films like uh, Independence Day Resurgent, which was oh. a wreck, which <laughs> yeah. it wasn't was just a bad film. It was like, we're going to give this, these, this audience shit and we're going to hope <laughs> that we make money off of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's this trend that's happening in Hollywood. Um, and even in films that are better or, or in, I, I've mentioned this before too, but I have to pivot back to it again. Um, the Force Awakens, which I absolutely love, there Me was too. still this idea that oh, we need another Death Star, and we need another we need another plot device, just like the first one, because we want to remind the audience: no, yeah. you stop acting like the audience isn't trustworthy. Stop acting like the audience needs to be reminded of anything. Stop foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. That's and that's the problem. And George Lucas really did that before this kind of foreshadowing of. Of, and, and he did it. He was so heavy handed with it. But then other filmmakers started to do it as well. Um, yeah. They did it in Prometheus, this horrible foreshadowing, you know, when um, when uh, Shaw, you see her dreaming and her father is like, oh, that's what I choose to believe. And then yeah. later on, she's like, that's what I choose to believe. <laughs> we are so much smarter than that. We are so much smarter than this heavy-handed foreshadowing. And, and and I see in Hollywood as well, they're mining this territory. They're going, they're making live action films of all these Disney movies and they're yeah. making series of these movies that we've seen before and show. 
and there's this real tr dis mistrust or distrust or lack of trust anymore and risk aversion that Hollywood mm -hmm. has with its audience. And yeah. it's sad to me. And I understand um, a lot of it has to do with um, the money spent on these films. Absolutely. Um, they're spending money on these films. Uh, some of them are original content like Tomorrowland, which Damon Lindelof helped write, which yeah. flopped. Um, and they're, <laughs> so they're risk averse. They want to go back and... Um, get into an audience that's already built in. I totally mm. understand that. But what's happening at the same time is that risk aversion is not creating space for magic to be made. Right. Um, so instead of them making new movies, even as much as I'm excited about Blade Runner, um, uh, the Blade Runner sequel 2049, which I think also will be amazing. Yeah. Um, Great. There's also other science fiction uh, properties out there that they could turn into films that would be equally as amazing. Someone just needs to, uh, take a risk and no one's doing mm -hmm. that anymore. And, uh, so, but, uh, back to your comment, I think, uh, it's very difficult to, uh, to sit down and say, how, how do we make a scary alien film? That's hard. Yeah. We've seen a lot. I mean, uh, alien versus predator Requiem was like, uh, like an alien film porn in terms of like creature effects and taking it really, really far. And, yeah, um, it's a masterpiece. Too, yeah. I'm just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you do? How do you make it scary again? And I feel like that was probably the gauntlet that someone laid down because yeah. we, we've talked about this before. Ridley Scott has been on record saying that the alien has been overused. It's done. Yeah. It's over. And I bet someone was like, well, how do you turn it into something scary again? How do you right. make it scary? Um, yeah. And I, I think that was the challenge. I think Ridley Scott needed a challenge. And with Prometheus... He was like, well, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this again. I'm done with it. Right. Um, but then yeah. he kind of winks to it at the end with that ridiculous yeah. deacon um, and opening his mouth. And then that was the last scene that we saw, which I thought was right. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but really, truly, how do you make a scary alien film? How you yeah. make a, tr a truly scary alien film is you make good characters who we mm -hmm. can invest in, who are believable, who, who we are just as smart as, as the audience. Um, yeah. So I think we're on the right track. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens next. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And, um, yeah, I really feel like, yeah, maybe, you know, like you said, Scott now sees, you know, maybe he was a little disappointed at first with how maybe Fox wanted to pivot back more towards alien, but now they gave him a challenge said, we want you to make this scary again. We want you to make this exciting. Um, and we want you to make a great movie. And it's, the balls in your court now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And uh, and I maybe that reinvigorated him a little bit. Um, said, oh, you know, this is this is a challenge, and I I want to I want to make this scary again. I want to make this exciting and thrilling. I want to make a movie with a great story and characters that um, and bring this series back to life. Um, and uh, I think it's I think it's a, a really good thing for him. So. I would agree. Yeah. I would absolutely agree, a hundred percent. And I, you know, really, he's the he's the one who kind of birthed this series. He's mm -hmm. the father of the Alien series, and um, and I, I think, and I even think about like uh, the people who do love Prometheus. A lot of those people talk about how beautiful it was, mm -hmm. um, the creature design. Um, most of them, most of the people who love Prometheus, I don't ever hear, except for like with David. I, I love the character of David. I think he's yeah, probably too. one of the best characters in prometheus i did like vickers too but everyone else was just throwaway um everyone mm -hmm. else i just didn't even care about whatsoever um but oh what was my larger point um we i think we want a film where our favorite part of a film are the characters you know mm -hmm. um i mean when we root for the kind of the the core trilogy of between alien and alien 3 we're rooting for we're rooting for Ripley. We're rooting for Hicks. We're rooting for Hudson, for Vasquez, for Newt. These yeah. people continue to live on in our psyche. These people are continuing to be on this journey with us. We think about them. They, you know, they're li they're living characters inside of us, um, yeah. and that's what we want. We want characters to to continue to live on inside of us. And for me, there was none of that except for with David. Um, I mm -hmm. do wonder about David, and that's because he was expertly acted and. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Well crafted. Um, the best right. part of the best part of uh, Prometheus, in my point, in terms of character, um, mm -hmm. and I, I never have trouble. And even in films that are terrible, like Alien, you know, AVP Requiem, and the first one, I don't have a problem with the visuals. 
uh, except right. for the design of the the Predalien or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't. My part. My problems aren't with the visuals. My problems are with story. Um, mm-hmm. And I. I wish somehow there could be some type of Hollywood summit where it says, "Please trust your audience again. Please trust mm-hmm. that we are smart people. That yeah. uh, we are hardworking, blue collar. Many of us smart people." who uh can take you know and also oh to get back to another point i'm yeah. very energetic right now for some reason um, <laughs> you talked about 2001 and the silence of that film a lot of that was echoed in the first alien film that silence uh-huh. where they're telling stories visually they're not telling stories with all this fucking exposition like yeah. what are we saying i don't know what we're saying we're doing uh-huh. this we're doing that where are we going <laughs> what are you doing stop doing that as opposed to let it unfold let it unfold yeah. quietly um, you don't need a lot, a lot of dialogue. Um, and right. almost, it's funny because now that type of filmmaking is avant-garde. Um, yeah. And you like, think about uh, films like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon by Ang Lee. Um, there are certainly, there's dialogue, but there's also a lot of that film has no dialogue where the story is being told through the martial arts. The story is right. being told through the landscape, um, through so much. And yeah. uh I know that Ridley Scott has that in him. I know that his love, his some of his first love loves are Star Wars uh, or 2001 A Space Odyssey. So I want him to conjure that. Conjure that silence. Conjure that that awe, that that scope. And and trust us that if he can do that, we're going to make we're going to make Covenant a 250 million dollar uh, blockbuster when it releases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm actually really glad that um you know, and not for the people that, you know, made made the films, because, I mean, this is, you know, that's their income, but I'm actually really glad about all the flops this past summer, because yeah. I think it's going to wake up the studios, wake up filmmakers. Oh, yeah, we, we got to stop treating treating audiences like they're, they're idiots. Um, you know, we got away with it for, for years, um, but now we're starting to see that, you know, where our movies are bombing and we're going to have millions of dollars of losses and we we need to, we need to turn this around and uh, we need to get better writers. Yes. We need to to make this, you know, we need to make movies for, you know, people, we need to trust the audience. We need to um, treat them as if they're intelligent and they're smart because they are, you know, um, people are tired of spending 15, 20 bucks ticket to see garbage and, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta invest more in creating great stories and great characters because that's what people identify with. Yeah. And, and, you know, case in point of that is the, the people behind the Independence Day film, the resurgence film, mm-hmm. which is interesting because the first Independence Day, it was really entertaining and it was certainly uh, Hollywood. It was kind of a blockbuster, um, Hollywood fair. It wasn't like this really deep stuff, but the first one had heart to it it had um yeah. it had some intelligence to it whereas the second one was like ah, oh, let's just write some shit and uh <laughs> throw it their way and call it uh independence day resurgence um <laughs> and and they also the same guys who directed that directed this film called um oh what was it called stonewall i think that might, what it was called and it was about kind of the the rioting uh the rioting amongst the gay community in the 70s at stonewall inn in new york city um oh, interesting. And, yeah that story really was that film had a lot of blowback as well because they created this fictional white boy who comes into the city um, to tell the story and um, people were outraged at it because the people who are because it is a true story and the people who Mm -hmm. told that story were people of color were trans people of color not to go back and not trying to go into this big LGBT thing but the problem is with with these studios is they're dumbing it down. They're thinking, oh, yeah. we need a white guy to tell the story. Or, for instance, with the, the latest Bruce Lee film, it's kind of like the story about Bruce Lee, but they cre- but they use this white character, and it has nothing to do with this color of his skin. It, mm-hmm. it, has, it has nothing to do with these people, these characters are creating that are white or black. Um, yeah. But the, the, the point is, these filmmakers are saying, we can't trust the audience enough. We, we need to, we, you know, we, we need to bring in... Um, these other people that maybe our audience can accept to tell this bigger story, but the, right. pivoting back to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that film was an all Asian cast speaking Mandarin, and that mm-hmm. mo- that movie made like 
175 million dollars in the United States because it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and they need to get back to that. It, it has right. nothing to do with the color of people's skin. It has everything to do with story and dialogue. And uh, yeah. and I also think there's a growing divide where I think that there's this divide between rich and poor. And you have a lot of very rich people in Hollywood writing these scripts who mm-hmm. can't really identify. They can identify less and less and less with people like you and me yeah. who... who uh, work hard and we're very blue collar and you know we we you know we we rent because we can't own or or yeah. all of these things and you need to t- an alien tapped into that blade mm-hmm. runner tapped into that whereas mm-hmm. deckard was you know he's a policeman but he lived in a very modest apartment in the middle of a city in a, uh, a very down and out city um, yeah and we could identify with Bla- with 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 uh deckard we could identify with what he was going through kind of his sense of that sense he had of feeling lost of not having purpose. Um, yeah. and that's what drew us closer to him. Um, and that's what drew us closer to Parker and Lambert and Ash and Dallas. Well, maybe not Ash, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Ripley and Dallas and, and, and everyone else is we could identify with them. We could identify with like, Hey, we have a job to do and we got to do it. Um, yeah. and I think I'm pleading with people like Ridley Scott and the writers surrounding him and, um, identify with us or find yeah. writers who can, you know, find people who can speak our language because if you build it, we will come to quote, you know, to quote, yeah. to quote yeah. that film. And we want to, we want to come out in droves and support your work, but we want you to um, engage us with the same intelligence that we engage you. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my yeah. feel. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's why I'm loving the, you know, the, the Dennis Villanueva films because he treats the audience like they're intelligent, Absolutely. you know. He, and uh, and he come and he makes these movies. Um, you know, I think on the surface, like the plot, the plots and premises are fairly. Um, I mean, you know, done before, but the way he does it and the way the writers do it first, and uh, you know, create the stories for his films, he just does in such a fascinating and. Um, interesting and just you know phenomenal way and he just um, and yeah he, he treats like I said treats the audiences like they're they're smart and we um, and he throw you know there's a lot um, there's silence in his films you know a lot and there's where he lets the the scene the visuals kind of do the talking and he leaves mystery and like big questions and mm-hmm. um, you know and it's just that's what I love about it and I, I think he is showing what the right direction is to go. And I'm really hoping this new movie arrival kind of, um, that's coming out, I think just in a few weeks or yeah. so a week, um, I think next week, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I'm just so excited. Me for that too. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's just going to be a mind blowing, um, thought provoking film. That's really going to, um, re- yeah, just really treat the audiences appropriately. And I think it's, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm really looking forward to that. And that's also why I love, you know, um, Christopher Nolan films as yes. well. Yes. I think he does it. I think yeah. he does it the right way. Yes. And uh, Good sci-fi isn't, doesn't pivot around or surround itself with awesome sets or creatures or whatever or spaceships. Right. Good sci-fi asks questions. It doesn't mm-hmm. always answer them. It asks them. Um, yeah. And that's also what um, I think going forward, not just with Ridley Scott, but with other people who, who decide to... Uh, make science fiction films it's about the questions you're asking it's not about you giving us answers part right. of the problem with prometheus was that it was trying to answer questions we didn't we didn't need answers to our, mm-hmm. our imagination could answer them and yeah. uh, so and to be honest with you when i saw prometheus i couldn't stop thinking about it for days afterwards right it, it, it sat and it grew with me and i think at on some levels that is some that is um that's that's what happens those are the effects of of a good film in some ways, you know, that makes you think and you can't, you can't shake it. Um, and I still think about Prometheus. Um, and it's, it's, it's certainly a love hate relationship because I hate parts of it, um, (laughs) because it's insulting, but I love parts of it and I'm in love with parts of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, I I don't want to go too much on because we do have a a special episode devoted to Prometheus. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, I do want to get back to quickly um, some of the images that we saw, the leaked images yeah. of Alien Covenant. And we saw some certainly some xenomorphs or neomorphs 
Right. Um, and uh, I heard I, reading speculation, people are like, oh, what are these? Um, they, they to be honest with you, what I saw in those images looked like experiments. They didn't look like right. the final creature. Uh, David's been experimenting, and I bet money he's been experimenting on um, the the life, like the the animals that are on the planet that he's inhabiting. He's right. he's infecting them. He's seeing what's happening. He's taking the specimens uh, that probably eventually die out, and he's bringing them back to study them. Um, yeah. So there are kind of stages of the xenomorph, um, mm-hmm. and we're seeing stages of it. Um, kind of taking shape and i like it they look weird and they're creepy and they're right. kind of funny and almost cute but also weird <laughs> um and the eggs there's different kinds of eggs some mm-hmm. look more like spores some look more like eggs somewhere in between i like that yeah. i like the diversity we're seeing i like that the the universe is opening up and we're saying hey mm-hmm. there's more to this it's not just this one thing every time because that's right. boring too you know mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah that's what i love about it um, the new images and just yeah, it does really open up a lot more to the uh, to the whole you know the universe that they've created and I think I think David's definitely ultimately will see what he's done with Shaw and uh, you know I think he's experimented with her and I think it's going to be a crucial plot point actually. Yeah. So I heard uh, actually I heard uh, I heard the opposite from somebody oh. that oh no. Uh, this isn't happening, but I just don't believe it. I, I don't think that, uh, I think when we meet Shaw, some she's going to be in somewhat incapacitated or she's going right. to be some type of ongoing host or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to be a pretty sight. At least I hope so. Right, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, something that's going to make us terrified and, and kind of sick and it's going to, and it's going to be risky and it's going to be scary. And, uh, and that's what I'm really hoping for that, you know, they, they take risks and it looks like, you know, from what we've seen that they are going to be risky. I think it's going to be a dark film. Yeah. And, um, I think that's, I think that's the right direction to go. Absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I hope they, I hope there's a lot of questions. I hope we don't have explanations. I hope there's not as much talking, and uh, really, the cast that they assembled for this film—I mean, they're amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Of the actors that I know, Billy Crudup, um, Catherine Waterston, um, of course, Michael Fassbender, mm-hmm. um, Danny McBride—they're amazing people. Um, and yeah, they've done, they've done great work. Um, there's no reason, um, but we've also seen great actors, not you know, Prometheus um, <laughs> we, or another films. We've seen great actors in in roles or in films where they're like, "If you're a great actor, what happened?" Um, yeah. So here's hoping that uh, they find their footing and uh, the yeah. dialogue is really believable. And that's why I, 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 I uh, Danny McBride's on Instagram and he's also on Twitter. And I tweeted him saying, "Hey, what's the dialogue in this film like?" Yeah. And we talk about that. Um, we have, well, I won't really say, uh, but I know someone who I can ask. Uh, yeah. Who's close to the set, who was close to the set, who can kind of tell me about the dialogue in the film. So yeah. that that's that's going to be something. Uh, that we're going to experience all together. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Oh, wow. Uh, Here's some breaking news. Harry Gregson Williams is no longer scoring alien covenant. Um, Which is weird because we posted photos of the scoring session of alien covenant. Um, Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, Wow. That's, that's really surprising. uh, It is surprising. I'm not, we need a fucking good score, to be honest with you. We need a Jerry Goldsmith, Elliot Goldenthal score. Yeah. Um, we need something that's haunting and lyrical and quiet and silent um, and all of those things, um, but yet very different at the same time. I haven't, yeah. uh, the Prometheus score, I didn't really enjoy at all. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't memorable. Um, and it didn't, I felt like it was more Star Trekky than it was Alien. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, very interesting. So we'll see how that, uh, all, how, what happens with all that and who they announce as this, as the person scoring. It'd be interesting if Hans Zimmer scored it. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I think he would be a great choice. I think, uh, there's a, 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 a composer, her name was Micah Levi. I think that's how you pronounce her name, Micah. Mm-hmm. It's spelled just like Micah. She scored Under the Skin, which I don't know if you've seen, starring Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it's one of the most eerie, and unsettling scores I've ever heard in my life. Um, oh, okay. Find it on uh, YouTube. It might be there. It's, it's, it's 
I can't even barely describe it. Yeah. I've never heard anything like it. But yeah, I hope they find somebody really, really good. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean, I know we we both seen Inferno, and that was a pretty garbage movie. And I know Hans Hans Zimmer did the music for that one. It was pretty pretty generic, pretty uninspired. But I think if he if he's in a project where um, he really is fully committed, like Interstellar, then he's going to deliver a masterful yeah. score. You yeah. know, um, so Hans. Yeah, Hans is always a good one to go to. He is. Uh, he just can't phone it in. And right. I just saw uh, Inferno, and the score was lousy. He kind of yeah. hint. He he played back on on motifs from the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. Actually, a motif that I really loved because mm-hmm. uh, I have the soundtrack to Da Vinci Code, and it's amazing. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but the soundtrack for Inferno was just this passe, half-assed yeah thing that. Uh, was serviceable but the, that's that's the film too the film was barely serviceable um, mm-hmm. but it, that's I, I don't want to get too far into it but yeah inferno yeah. was essentially a waste of money i, I could right. i should have waited to to it was free on netflix or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and you really, want to sneak, save your money don't go see inferno yeah, the yeah. <laughs> um, and really to be honest with you all three of those films they're interesting entertaining films but they're all serviceable they're very safe sanitized studio films I don't think um, uh, Ron Howard is an avant-garde filmmaker. I don't think he has an avant-garde film in his or bone in his body. He became a filmmaker when he was already rich, so I don't know how much he has to say. He's made some good films earlier in his career, like Splash, yeah. like Parenthood, like Willow, like um, A Far and Away, but I don't know if he has much to say anymore. Um, yeah. I think he needs a story that really touches his heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think he finds good stories, but I don't think he finds stories that connect him. Anyways, I don't want to go into a thing about Ron Howard. Right, uh, right, yeah. But uh, I th- we've been talking for about an hour. I think that we really just wanted to touch on um, the latest news. Of course, some news developing just as we were talking. Um, introducing Ryan as our new host, our new co-host. Peter will be back. Um, we, we have a, a new format, so there's three of us. So if all three of us can't talk, at least two of us can at a certain time. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter lives in a time zone that's three hours ahead of us, so sometimes it always doesn't work. Most times it does. Um, Move but, to California, Peter. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Ryan, for coming aboard and being officially involved and uh, exciting news happening. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me again. I really appreciate it. Can't wait. Can't wait to see where, where we're headed, where everything's going to lead to. So, yeah. Awesome. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off.